just seeing the, the look on my kid's face light up when they see me there at the school. They're like, wow, I'm so proud my dad's here. Hey guys, look at my dad. You know, it's just, it's a little thing that you can do that's probably pretty impactful, at least for that period of time for your kid. Hi, and welcome to Dad Anil. My name is Mike Trank, and as you can figure, I'm a dad. I feel that's how a lot of other podcasts start. And those dads will tell you what their day is like. They'll probably talk about what it's like being a dad today, too. But along with being a dad by day, I'm also a mental health counselor by night in my own private practice. As a clinician in private practice, and one of those dads sitting in pick up and drop off lines for school, I wanted to share what I see in this ever-changing world. So together, let's create the best version of being a millennial dad. So uh, tonight, my guest is my friend Ryan, who I've known since college, and we've actually had the pleasure of living with each other after college. He's been in the military for how long now? 20, that's 20 years, man. Uh, 22 years. Yeah, you've served your country and uh, served, uh, taken a couple tours of duty. So you have a well-versed background in the military and now being a dad of two kids. I felt it was appropriate uh, to ask you, and I'm glad you came on to share your experiences and what you see in your world of what's good, what's bad, what what you struggle with, what you see of uh, dads and families in the military, uh, which I know you're very close to. I was going to start the show off with our Let It Out Now uh, for any newcomers. You can go to Facebook or the Dad Daniel website where I'm going to start posting more often as I hopefully get to with my busy dad life to post more daily let it out now since we know let it out now is supposed to be something silly something fun that's just a reminder that's the whole point of it is to take a minute for yourself just to check in to see where you are um, today is actually kind of fitting in terms of just moved into a new house and uh, I was painting by myself I don't know if you've ever done that, Ryan. You've had to enjoy painting a whole room by yourself. It's not it's very lonely and isolating. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, 22 years in the military, six in the reserve side, and the rest active. Uh, I've moved, last time I counted, every other year for 10 year, for 20 years. So basically 10 moves in 20 years, plus all of our shenanigans in college, if you remember. Uh, for those that have gone to college or had an adventure after after high school uh i've probably moved almost as much in fact one year i think i've moved two or three times in junior year so uh bottom line yeah i've painted many a room and part of a house by myself or with limited support so i feel like for me it kind of hit me as like a generational uh component passed down you know like taping the baseboards you know, Going back and forth to the uh, Home Depot or the Lowe's, whatever your your choice of uh, or Ace Hardware, whatever your choice of uh, hardware store is there to get paint and everything that you know, and uh, yeah, just teaching my kids right the basics of, of painting, so they can kind of go nuts on the wall. But uh, it definitely kind of hit me emotionally a little bit of kind of remembering of um, you know the first time I painted and learned from my dad and uh, you know, how long ago that was and how he's 
elderly now and not able to come down or help. And then, right, as you were saying, Ryan, there of college and other times I've had different friends and making uh, fun, you know, having fun time doing it, whether college apartments or after college and places that we've lived. And uh, yeah, it just kind of hit me of <laughs> from the smell of the paint to painting it of at that different cycle of life that, you know, now I'm passing it on to my kids and that kind of, that's what kind of, for me, what this Let It Out Now is all about, to try to stop and think and you know, enjoy the moment, be present, be mindful and aware of these uh, moments and these special things happening in life. And uh, yeah, that's where I kind of wanted to start today of special moments, special things of life. And me and Ryan go way back, so it's, it's special now that you were overseas for the past few years so now we're finally in the same time zone again so we're able to uh, communicate more and kind of spend more time and at least talk to each other and so that's a, a special thing and a great thing to be able to reconnect with old friends and yeah have you have you closer by yeah absolutely i was gonna say i went through a similar uh experience with the kids too in the current house i mean but i guess a word of advice probably the garage where I'm at at the moment is the best place to let kids go nuts with paint. You know, obviously darker tones can make it more difficult to repaint over. But the garage was like, I let them go nuts and then I repainted it with uh, primer and white. So. Yes. But back to you. <laughs> yes. No, that's, see, because they're, yeah, their rooms were, we still had uh, carpeting to be redone. So if they got it on the floor or whatever, it didn't, didn't really matter at this point. Uh, in this kind of being mindful and, and aware of, I also let them kind of paint in their closet too. And they just, you know, it's spotted, spotted all over. So now I kept that. Like I didn't change that. So that's kind of like their thing. And I made them kind of put their initials with the paint so that maybe they can look back in 10 years and see their first paint job. And uh, hopefully it will improve by their teenage years. Maybe not, but, you know, <laughs> we'll see. So being dad and hearing hearing being in the military, does that mean anything different to you? Or is that like a different, like, do you feel like there's anything different of like being a dad that's in the military versus a dad that isn't in the military of like parenting style or being a dad? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cliches there. And I, I wasn't a dad before the military. I was already wearing a uniform at 19 and one of the youngest people and uh i'm in the army by the way one of the uh youngest troopers uh from the very beginning so i was kind of a kid who needed a dad or other people at that age need a dad or a father figure to begin with going in but um i don't know it's just been a learning process and probably the biggest difference between a traditional dad and a military dad is all the separation so if I'm gone for two or three days, which I am even now once a month or more, I can see a change in my children when I call them and we do funny video chat and they use the apps to, you know, keep it light and catch up with me and break the ice. Uh, that's something we do religiously. When I've been away for two, three weeks a month, 45 days, luckily I, I did not go overseas, you know, deploy and leave my kids behind, which a lot of people have. Um, I guess I would say I'm privileged to not have experienced that, but I have been away for weeks at a time, month and a half, two months. And um, there's like a big experience when you come back 
when you see them, it's emotional. Um, you know, it's a challenge to figure out how to deal with that. And then there's always, um, an adjustment, you know, how they behave because they haven't seen you. And then if you're annoyed or stressed, you, you know, struggle to discipline them and talk to them and be patient and understanding and all these other things. So, um, probably the one recommendation I have, if I'm going to make a, make a recommendation or guidance is whether you're military or not, uh, find, yeah, find something that, uh, you can maintain. The one thing I can maintain is almost every night I'll sit down with one or both of my children. I have a daughter and a son and I'll read to them or just talk to them, try to give them even tonight, uh, thought provoking question, you know, Hey, what do you, are you upset? You know, uh, how do you feel? Do you want to talk about something? You can talk about anything. You know, I'll ask them questions like, uh, if you could make a wish, what would you wish for? All these different types of things that I just instinctively come up yeah. with to get them to talk to me or, uh, kind of let it out let it out because growing up i was not a kid or a guy who could uh yeah who had father figure often to do that so it's it's a learning process but it's worked out for me so it's kind of what i was getting at is i would recommend something whether you're military or not if you're away from your kid physically or not um try to find something you can keep consistent with them and i think that really helps them a lot i completely agree and it sounds like You've created your own, let it out now, right? That when you do it yourself, that you pass it on to your kids there. And that's, that's great that you give them kind of different questions and right, make them stop and think too. I think you said a lot of uh, great things to touch on there. I think the first one I, I just kind of heard that was really profound, I feel like was, and maybe right because I'm not in the military, I didn't never maybe I would think about it, but maybe more subconsciously than consciously if right when you started, you were 18, 19 years old and you were still a young, young adult, young man. And saying that, you know, needing or wanting a father, father figure and not just you, right? That's probably a big thing. So that kind of helped create and made like who you are, right? Who you are now as a dad probably is what, what I was, what I was hearing there that, that sounds like from your experience that yeah that your military helped you find that find that dad or find that what you were missing yeah and i was gonna say i mean i had a unique experience that probably a good portion of people had where my biological father wasn't around much um my stepfather was around when he was around um and he happened to be military ironically uh not uh full-time just did a couple tours in vietnam so he had his own personality but um you know i think uh if you if you have a father figure be it your real dad or someone else that's around throughout childhood that's that's wonderful you you should appreciate that um people like myself didn't but i did have uh, comings and goings of a grandfather stepfather father figures that would show me glimpses of what right looks like and then I think as an adult now I just try to mold together what I think is right what people around me especially adult male father figures um what they've done and try to find my own way so maybe it's better that way maybe you get to develop and 
become the greatest version of yourself but uh yeah other people have like an example somewhat related to the topic i have three cousins and i have an uncle who you know love him dearly as well but he uh in a lot of ways kind of showed me periodically what i wouldn't want in a father figure so maybe um what they've experienced and i i haven't asked them straight out maybe they disagree with me but from what i could see maybe the way they've grown up or the way they are might be a reflection good or bad of a steady father whereas i didn't have that so um I don't know if that makes me a better or worse father, but it definitely makes me more alert of what uh, what I don't want to do and what I would like my son to do when he gets older. Yeah, I think you're touching on every reason and every point that I'm creating and making Dad Enio. I think what you're describing there, that right, there is no right or wrong and that we don't know and that we don't share, that we don't talk about it enough, whether it's a family uncle, whether it's a friend, that we don't, we kind of go through this huge experience, this uh, large part of our life, raising kids with, you know, all these different thoughts and beliefs and ideas of, right, we can kind of have some sense now as adults of, well, that didn't work well, I didn't like when that was done to me, or I didn't like that, I'm not going to do that, but these are things I did like, and, but the dead annual piece of, you know, being thankful that you're talking about it is helpful, I'm sure, for a lot of people to hear it, that, you know, that when more people I talk to, the more dads that bring up their own stories that people can relate to it and people can pick and choose themselves of what works, what doesn't, what ideas, things like that. And that's, I think that's an important piece that dads in general are learning and trying to get the support. That's what this is hopefully all about. I think that's important for you, you know, to share that and to have those questions. Yeah, and you actually kind of reminded me of something that's probably worth sharing. Um, over the years, especially for a couple of years there, I was so busy and traveling so much. Again, once or twice a month, sometimes for long stints, um, that when I'm around, I try to go overboard, which I think is a good thing because I didn't have that as a child. Uh, last week, I went with my daughter's school to uh, the zoo on a school trip something i never did as a kid with parents my mother was always working father wasn't around um that was awesome i took had to take a deliberate day off of work but it was totally worth yep. it and then i've done some other things like last week i came into the school which i've made a point to do a few times this year they allow you you know after covid and everything that people right. forget uh, they allow parents to come in and have lunch with their yep. kids so for the third or fourth time this year, uh, again last week, I came in. It took an hour because the kids are in different grades, different <laughs> times. But I uh, ate up an hour on a work day and was lucky enough to be able to do that, of course. Just seeing the, the look on my kid's face light up when they see me there at the school. They're like, wow, I'm so proud my dad's here. Like, hey guys, look at my dad. You know, it's just... It's uh, it's a little thing that you can do that's probably pretty impactful, at least for that period of time for your kid. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of it, I didn't have a lot of those experiences. So yeah. we make up for it. We kind of we've learned this is one of the positives of where we are as dads and in, in the current generation, 2023, that it is allowed. It isn't, you know, the way it used to be. You can 
um, take that deliberate day off. You, you, we are more aware of that feeling of what we didn't have and what we wish we did have. Those kind of really stick with you. And now you're able to say that of, I know how I would have felt if a parent of mine was there to able to go to the zoo or come to lunch and see me. And now I get to have that experience and see the, the look in my kid's face. And yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's something that, you know, that's where I kind of go with that being mindful and aware of how much that means to them and how much it also means to me. And I, I'm sure maybe you do this too in your own way. And I know when I have that experience as you're talking about that, I also tell my kids, like, this is something a dad didn't have. And I'm really special and glad that I could come with you to lunch or go on a field trip or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Strawberry pick, I think was the last thing I did with my kids. And I took a day off and my, my kids had off and whatever, it was a teacher day. And we went strawberry picking. That was something I never did, but, you know, got to take my kids. And that was a fun, messy experience, but an experience nonetheless. Yeah, those are great things to do. I mean, I have hundreds of photos and videos and memories of stuff like that over the years. And, uh, yeah. I guess related to that, too, like something I try to tell my kids in terms of that subject is, you know, when they're upset or they have a bad day, uh, today was a rainy day. Last weekend was really rainy. I could see my son was kind of down about it because he can't go out and play with his friends. And I always try to tell him too, you know, hey, um, life's full of breaks, but as long as you have a lot more good memories than bad, you know, you're living a full life. So. No, that's important teaching right i think that's a big i was having this conversation i feel like more multiple times recently than uh, than any other time and that is this kind of goes through parenting and styles and, and dads of we know what not to do we have an idea of like i don't want to be this dad i don't want to be that i don't want to be disciplinarian or you know i want to be a more loving caring dad and you know be but it's it's hard too because we don't have that template we don't know of for a lot of us, I feel like, myself included, of what that looks like, right? And that's where that support comes from. That's where this talking comes from of making sure we're like on the right page. Of like, all right, I am doing the right thing. And all right, I am, you know, feel like I am doing the right thing with my kids and trying to talk to them. I think that's important to kind of let it be known that, you know, we're, we're, we're trying all these different things to see what works. And I think sometimes as, as a parent now that we get like we know what we know and we know how to be a friend so I feel like sometimes parents fall in that trap of I don't know how to be a dad because dad is a bad thing in my mind like that was bad that negative in my life so I know how to be a friend and we kind of forget that part of that parent and that advice piece and that kind of you know sometimes it's tough sometimes it's also your kids you see your son having difficulty because he can't go out and play with his friends and you're aware enough to know of all right, you know, here's a time to me to be a parent, not just a friend, but I can be his dad and try to give him some advice, something that maybe today, but definitely in the future, he'll remember that and kind of use that as a mantra, a piece of life that he'll remember of, oh yeah, dad used to tell me this. So now it'll be a positive, right? You kind of, the main thing of this and dad any on psychology of parenting now is breaking that cycle, right? You're breaking that cycle of what you saw, what you lived through, you're not repeating that. You're stopping that, making it better 
for yourself and your kids and your family. You're changing, changing it, breaking the cycle, which is important. That's that's a big. Yeah, and it can be uh, it can be the other side of it too. Example: My son had a soccer tournament yesterday. He played multiple games, and he's pretty good. But I notice he's lazy sometimes, or he likes to walk down the field, or take it easy, you know, score a goal, block a shot, and then take it easy. And although I have coached, head coached his baseball team and helped out with other sports, uh, yesterday, for example, we're in a big uh, indoor uh, facility, and I'm kind of leaning against the ice, or not the ice, the, uh, the glass. I'm thinking of hockey because it looks like a hockey rink. And I'm occasionally barking at him, and he happened to be close by me at one point. And, you know, there's other parents there. My wife's there. And I'm joking around. And I'm like, hey, Ben, you need it. His name's Ben. I'm like, hey, Ben, you need a pair of sunglasses? And he kind of, as he's slowly walking up the field, he's looking at me. He's like, what do you mean, Dad? I said, well, it looks like you're just kind of hanging out out there. So you might as well put on a pair of sunglasses and just take it easy. (laughs) So I guess what my point is, is sometimes I have to be real pushy with him and bark at him and be the dad that, you know, a lot of us have to be. But at the same time, I try to uh, pat him on the back and congratulate him and be somewhere in between. Whereas the moms seem to be more of a, you know, don't bark at him, don't put him down, don't uh, kind of coddle him. But definitely as a dad. You're trying um, to figure out where that line is. Yeah. And if it's, your, if it's in your personality, because not every dad's going to be pushy. And I'm not the pushiest dad, but occasionally I can be. And I, for my kids, I think it helps. Yeah. You got to figure out what works for you and your kids and trying to figure out that you're going in uncharted territories. Think of so many things that you've done in life that you don't know what it looks like, right? You're, you kind of goes what I was saying. If you don't have that template of here, I, here's, here's what I know what happens when my dad said this, you don't have that. So you're kind of branching out of like, I think if I say this, this will get through to him because I'm creating this new thing. It's starting a business, like, you know, something that's new at it. You don't, not totally certain you have ideas and thoughts of what doesn't work and you have some ideas of what does work so trying to find what works for you i think you were saying too kind of on the kids part and, and for yourself of that when even when you're away for a couple of days that things change and it's even tough to kind of come back and how does that work for you of like what do you do for yourself of because i think you're right if you just kind of jump right back into it you don't have that any moment to digest of all right i'm not on the road i'm not doing this or that i'm back at home and that, that can be really difficult i assume huh yeah and also you know your your wife uh girlfriend mother figure in the home if you will partner even is going to be um stressed and missing you and needing a break and maybe not willing or able to either be more of a disciplinarian or last or be the fun dad or mom or whatever, uh, you know, adult figure in their life. For me, my wife needs a break, so I try to give her the break. I try to take the kids out for ice cream or a treat, uh, put them in the car and just go do something fun. Anything from go to a movie, go to the arcade, go play sports, go for a walk with the dog, just something to take their mind off and, uh, give them something fun and a, a positive uh, memory of me coming back. Because honestly, when you go away as a dad, 
your kids are probably just going to remember or think of the negative side that you're mm-hmm. gone. So it's important, I think, to make an impact when you come home. And I, I love the fact that sometimes I'll drive right up here and park the car, garage doors open, and at least one of my kids will run out and give me a hug. And uh, that's surprising sometimes. And it's awkward sometimes because my kids will have a friend over and the, the friend probably has never or barely ever experienced mm-hmm. that. But for my kids, it's a regular thing. Oh my God, dad's been gone for days. I'm so happy to right. see him. And then the other kids from the neighborhood are like, he's your dad. What's the big deal? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's a new normal. Yeah. What I'm like touching on too is that you do a great job of reacclimating and including your kids and you know finding those happy memories it's also important i guess in that self-care piece of i guess i'm curious of yeah so what do you do for yourself as what we call in therapy world coping skills or just kind of self-care of you know exercise or whatever you know different people different things music what do you like to do to for self-care for yourself as a dad as a as a guy yeah, I mean, I do martial arts. I, I'm into music and play instruments and exercise a lot. You know, those are all my outlets. I was going to mention, I don't know if you've talked about it on the show or a different episode about, uh, you know, post-COVID or during COVID, a lot of people are teleworking because mm-hmm. I lived through that too. I teleworked for three months during the yeah. height of it. And it was interesting as a dad because we did everything from dig holes in the backyard and make a a putt-putt golf course to lifting weights with you know gallons of water to all sorts of stuff so i can imagine there's probably dads out there that are teleworking all the time and they are they're always home never away so they have a very different experience but i can relate for a few months yeah no even for me that that is my normal of the stay-at-home dad at least my kids are at least the youngest ones in preschool now, but yeah, especially through COVID of home all day and what, what do you do to, to stay sane? And this is where, that's where dead Anil came from is as I was working with families and making my new normal of telehealth, which we'd heard about, but I've never done. I've always done therapy in, in, in an office and with someone in front of me. So it took an adjustment too. And then, yeah, just hearing families and dads and parents just kind of struggle with, what you're talking about of how do we stay sane how do we you know we're talking more about being a dad that kind of created the whole dead annual thought in my mind of the support this kind of podcast these kind of things are needed and uh that's where it's done from but yeah no you're you're right i think they gave a lot of parents in general uh an experience of thought of like wait a minute i don't have to i don't have to commute two hours a day right some people yep. do so if you work in you know retail hotel and you know Things like that, of course you do, but, um, you know, a lot of the jobs that, like my wife and I, are, we can do remotely and seeing that of, okay, so we don't have to commute, we don't have to have as crazy as of a juggling schedule as we used to have. And yeah, I think that's a big piece of it. <laughs> you know, you're talking about yep. random, random things that you did. And I remember one thing I bought was, <laughs> it was like a, a box fill. I think it was like a pound or two of, of, uh, dirt from the Ozarks that had a chance of finding like some kind of, you know, quartz or things in it like that. It was like supposed to be this, you know, <laughs> so we're just sifting through dirt for like six straight <laughs> days. Just we put a sifter and we're sitting in the basement, just 
sifting through dirt just to see what we find. And obviously we didn't find anything. Obviously we just, I'm sure I just spent 25 bucks on dirt. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> probably just from a backyard up the road, but Hey, you know, it's uh when you're, I, I don't know if you're, if you've done this now too, but now that I've moved into this new house and finally unpacked everything that we had when we moved down here was now I'm like kind of going through COVID stuff. Like, wow, I really was, uh, <laughs> really was not getting on the brink there to my card collections buying dirt <laughs> just, oh, yeah. just random yeah. stuff of that i had bought like yeah it was, it was getting pretty desperate there but yeah so now i'm curious of now we talked about your coping skills and i think yeah that's a good one about uh doing martial arts that's a good release that's a good good time out i'm sure so what's your uh you heard me do a let it out now and you were talking about your kids and letting it out do you happen to have a let it out for yourself this uh, this evening whatever you want that's something that's just that when you stop and you think about it for 10 seconds today of positive negative something frustrating something good something in between it can be whatever you want yeah i think it's just been different activities i mean i'm not that was never really big into video games luckily my son's not big into it but every once in a while we'll play and that's uh positive fun thing that brings back memories we went to the uh super mario brothers movie the other day and that brought back a lot of memories and we went just my son and i because my daughter is not really into that um so that was fun but yeah at the end, i mean we've done a lot of stuff over the years my son got into skateboarding i was big into skateboarding for a few years um so it's just kind of reliving your childhood but trying to do the things that you really enjoyed uh, and trying to encourage your kids to consider doing them. But on the other side of it, my kids are in a lot of ways very different for me. What they like is not really what I did as a kid, but that's okay. I mean, they're having fun and I can fake the funk, as they say, as a dad enough while they're young. Yeah, no, I think that's that's good, positive, kind of letting it out of, you know, to spending time going to the Mari movie. I, actually, that was... So I try to do one of these a day in my mind of whatever it is that's on my mind that it just helps me stop and think of like, what is it that I'm feeling or kind of going through? And uh, yeah, actually one was the Mario movie because thanks to COVID that I never was able to take uh, my oldest to a movie yet. So it was actually the first movie that I got to take both of them, my six and three-year-old. And uh, yeah, they actually sat through it all and enjoyed it. And yeah, brought back memories too. And I actually thoroughly enjoyed the movie and yeah, I was just having a great time just eating popcorn and spending time with my, my kids as they're spilling vitamin water all over the place, but it's memories. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, the kids in this generation seem like, I don't know if it's the connection to devices and tablets and TV, but I know my kids every single day, especially if they're home, they're expecting to do something, to be social with friends or um if they're not holding a tablet which we really think i think we do a good job of limiting it to a couple hours a day when we can but um i don't remember as a kid being so dependent on i've got to play with my friends every single day and i've got to be busy uh eight out of ten hours a day um so i wonder something to think about um what the other dads out there feel but I know it's a it's a part time job keeping my kids occupied. I enjoy it, but it's all it's a labor of love, as they say. But it's also quite a challenge because I do um, 
my kids would still be looking for something to do. Um, and I would have to fill the gap of something for them to do, um, regardless of if I know what to do or I have time to do it. Well, maybe I'm speaking more personally because I know you, but I think it's been a big jump for you, right? Of being a parent now and kind of taking on that task and kind of, it's it's not just you, but in general of for for people, guys too, of what we experience as kids. And it's kind of like reliving all that again as when we have kids of, oh yeah, I remember what would happen to me if I did that kind of thing or, you know, what would be said and it's kind of like reliving it all again for a lot of people and that could be difficult on top of it so it's really good and healthy that you're aware of it all and you feel like your understanding of right how positive and how good you know, having these interactions are when you come home when you have the time when you you know but also knowing too of when things maybe need to be said to push your kid along when he's not maybe giving a full effort or doing his best or trying and that's I think the uh, the tablet piece though that's that will be many uh, I'm sure podcasts in the future here that's something I've been dealing with for, for many years I've seen a big rise in that since I started in therapy field in 2010-2011 that it's I mean now it's a, an actual addiction it's in the DSM as an addiction so now it's known and now it's a, a medical number and code to it that has a you know thing to it but we still haven't figured out a cure and we still haven't figured out if we know we just less is better but you know when when they're addicted and they're fully engaged in it you know i I, from what i've seen and what i believe from this is just my own kind of therapy and side note of the sooner that you start i would say like if if you see a seven eight year old say or six five year old whatever the case is and you're having trouble with the tablet of if you don't work on it now imagine that 10 years from now that's going to be a thousand times worse because now you're dealing with a 15 16 17 year old so yeah it's not going to be easy but when you start working with you know time limits you know structure kind of like this is what we do if you have certain time if you have an hour of screen time you have you know you can watch two episodes of whatever and that's just normalized right it's whatever becomes normal just think about it in your own life of What's what was normal for your life as a kid growing up, and that's what you kind of went along with because that was what normal was. So it's the mm-hmm. more you kind of create that structure and discipline in a, in a way too of you know this is a, this is our normal. This is what we do, and you can't just have the tablet. That's you know you're gonna have a fit. That's okay. You're six, seven years old. I'd rather deal with that six or seven than seventeen, eighteen. You're having a fit at eighteen. Yeah. There's nothing more I can do. You're an adult, and now we have a bigger problem of. Yeah, you know, now it's a societal problem which we're facing too, and yeah, that's definitely, definitely something that will be ongoing as TikTok and Twitter and all these social media avenues and websites keep coming up. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, probably getting into closing here, but um, I was more worried about that a couple of years ago, and now I realize. Maybe I'm lucky, but both of my children seem to be very socially oriented uh, in a positive way. So now I don't feel like they're addicted. It's more uh, to keep them from being bored. But um, as they're getting older now, and they're seven and five, I'm sorry, nine and seven, 
um, that was two years ago, <laughs> um, they still prefer to be outside with their friends or doing something with their friends, which usually is not on a tablet. It's on a trampoline or riding a bike, going down to the lake or playing games together. So that's exactly uh, it. I guess a, a just to give people hope if if this is helpful, you know, as your kids get to be approaching 10, if they prefer to be with their friends and you can get them out every single day out of the house with their friends or with you not on a tablet, yep. you're doing enough to hopefully make that impact because I'm, I'm no longer that worried about what I was worried about a couple of years ago because my kids, again, yeah. all day at school, activities after school almost every day. On the weekend, I just take them to a soccer game if they're playing one or take them to, as I said, movies, arcade, park, yeah. 20 other things, birthday parties. If you stay consistent with that, you're probably going to be okay. Yep. Well, that's exactly the way of kind of going about it, of creating that. You were worried about it, and that kind of goes to the dead animal piece of, right, you, you had these thoughts in your mind, but who else can you go to? Who else like do you feel like, you know? sure you probably felt alone at the time too am I the only one going through this like what's going on but you worked your way through it and out of it into a place where right you created a sort of you know structure and normalcy to them if you go out you go play with your friends they created friends and now that you kind of you know created that template of this is what you do this is normal you play on your tablet here and there as right my kids do too if you have you have time you can do that and if it's rainy if it's certain days certain times but that's not the normal right the normal isn't you come home and you sit on it for three hours that's not the normal that's where you know that change can happen as you're as you're seeing so that's that is a great positive and hopefully using a group like this as that's hopefully i try to expand of for dads that do have concerns or worries or ideas that you know they can post it on on facebook and obviously I always encourage questions or your own lions and things like that to to be posted and um yeah, thoughts and ideas are always encouraged on the Facebook page or the website, dadanimal.com. But yeah, I will. I will ask you, though, uh, if you thought of any of this, this question, though, but if uh, for helping dads or people in general that haven't been to therapy or just kind of like you know one of those things of i always feel i always feel like therapists always are kind of that tell the people of on a pedestal almost right or people are like what well, <laughs> so I, so that's why i started seeing if anyone when i interview people of what question do you have for a therapist obviously <laughs> there's a fine line but you know and anything to like that's you know for yourself or things that you've heard or things that you kind of would be like to kind of make it therapy not as much of a you know that thing that that it can be sometimes for for people of through that learned behavior sometimes for past generations but also of in the military too i think is mm-hmm. still that stigma i guess is the word i'm looking for that therapy can have even though it, from what i my understanding is that it is offered you know there's through the va that there is um yeah, it's, it's a stigma, but it's more, I think, for military folks, it's more having the time and the will to do it. I know I'm not afraid to say that I've, you know, gone to counseling a few times over the years. Mm-hmm. 
usually it was family related though um, most of the time it was uh, to check on the marriage check on what's going on with family or uh, more times than not to check on my kids um, to make sure that there's not something eating them up that they needed to let out talk to somebody besides their parents mm-hmm. um, I've always said you know when I've retired or have more time I'm still I'm in my early 40s so I, I'm young enough where I can uh, hopefully have enough time to address those things later in life mm-hmm. I wish I had more time to address them and um, so I, I don't know I guess across the board it's hard to break the stigma and military or not uh, go talk to somebody but it is helpful and uh, I think if you can't talk to somebody what I do one of the things I do that helps over the years is I challenge myself I couple of years ago after COVID, I decided to do a triathlon. I'd done one before, but not uh, a longer one, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, also therapy, I think it doesn't have to be a therapist. A uh, buddy of mine I was working with, who's even more fit than me, which I guess isn't saying that much, um, but definitely more uh, fitness minded. Mm-hmm. I buddied up with him. We uh, bought road bikes and started biking every couple days together. And um, occasionally lifting weights, swimming. Because if you're doing a triathlon, for example, you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna have to do swimming and running and biking. I really think that was like post COVID the best therapy I could get because yeah. I had a lot of time to myself, but uh, to my thoughts away from family, mm-hmm. uh, wife and kids for half hour, hour at a time. Yeah. Uh, early in the morning, uh, evening, lunch break. Um, so I would say a combination of counseling and doing something really healthy for yourself, like yeah. some form of exercise. It could even be walking the dog. Right. Um, exactly. That's Those are all... probably the, the number one and two thing I would suggest. Yeah, that's definitely a great coping skill. And I think you said it exactly to right of it doesn't have to be a therapist per se. It can be a trainer. It can be, it's anything that's of support, right? It was something that you wanted to do when you found that support, you found that person to help you achieve that goal. And that, right, it, it, the therapy comes in many different facets. And that's great that you found your way of letting it out and kind of achieving a goal that was on your list. And that's that's awesome that you did that. Congratulations. So do you have, so if there was like any question that you would have or that you've heard I think it's you know that you would want to ask a therapist or anyone that you hear of like to kind of destigmatize therapy that maybe I could answer or try to bring down well you know I've bounced ideas off you over the years sparingly but I guess in lieu of a therapist what uh, what could you do as a dad to kind of be not so much a therapist but um how could you better lend an ear to your children? And and how do you tell if it's time to get them to a therapist? You know, maybe maybe that's an easy decision yeah. if they're really... For me, it was having issues at school, mm-hmm. social environments um, with my son. Got me to the point a couple of times where I thought, okay, he needs to be in a, a therapist uh, environment or in a social environment. Uh, group which he's done a couple times that really helped 
uh, where he was with other kids that were having a hard time. And you really don't know, are these kids ADHD, which it seems like that's an easy diagnosis, sadly, for a lot of kids when maybe they aren't. Um, but putting my son in environments like that a couple of times for us helped because we figured out what works, what doesn't. Mm. Uh, maybe having him or her with a group of kids that are going through the same thing helps them cope and it helps you understand where you're at. Yep. So more, I'm, I'm telling you more than asking you, yeah. but um, that's what helped me. So what are your thoughts, Mike? My thought is I think you did a great job of that awareness. I think a lot of parents find out through the school because the educators are the ones that spend so much time with kids so they can pinpoint when something is not right or maybe an assessment needs to be done or um, talking to the parents about what's going on, you know, at home or after school. Uh, so I think that kind of shows, you know, hopefully for you too, if that you were aware of, you were seeing things and that's, that's good that the school reached out. And I think that's good that you kind of recognize it too, <clears throat> that maybe he need, you know, needed to talk to someone or just kind of needed that support. And I think that's kind of that broad kind of thing that we're, we're talking about here is support. If you're teaching your kid, it's okay to find support or, you know, cause obviously from what I know about you that right, you moved around and that could be tough, tough for a kid and that transition as I worry for my own kid of when we just moved from up North and, you know, moved to a new, new state, <clears throat> new town and, Having him go to school of trying to make it, you know, as smooth as possible and acclimate him as well. And just kind of having those feelers out of, let me see how he's doing. Does he need social? Does he need help at school? And yeah, that's that's the great parenting part and the, the support, hopefully, too, of by as what we're doing of asking these questions to friends and, and family to to see if, you know, hey, my kid's struggling. What are your thoughts? What are your ideas? Just trying to help each other out, I think is, is a big part of it too, because yeah, you know, especially when they're younger, we have a trouble of that diagnosis of, all right, is it hyperactivity or something going on? Is it not paying attention? Is it right? Because there's so many different factors that can be going on in a kid's life outside of school that we don't want to jump to, well, it could be this, this, or this as a diagnosis, or it could just be of, you know, Kid just started a new school, has trouble making friends. That can be enough right there where, you know, fidgeting, having trouble paying attention, feeling anxious. You know, there's, there's many different factors that could be going on. Um, Sometimes it's just they don't get along with a specific kid, too. Yep. My, my child, one of my children, has had issues on the bus with one friend who used to be a very good friend, and now they're competing for friendship with another kid. Mm -hmm. Or um, there's a kid in school that they don't get along with and you follow the pattern of, okay, three times a week for three weeks, it's the same kid. Well, teacher, separate them. And next year, hopefully they're not in the same class. And honestly, that's what happened to one of my children. <laughs> Wasn't getting along with somebody. And then the next year they were in a different class. So the problem resolved itself. But the kid learned uh, resiliency, you know, to deal with people you don't like or people that don't like you. Or right, uh, I would say in some with different things. So. My my summary would be of <clears throat> always go with your gut. You know your kid better than anyone else. 
And, and I always tell parents, when I did a lot of family therapy and working in schools and IEPs, that you have to be your own best advocate. So if you think something's not right or something's not, you know, going right with your kid, go with it. Because there's a chance that you're right. Because you know, you know your kid the best usually. And unfortunately, too, of that trying to get help for your kid at school, whether it's academic or whether it's social or whatever the case is, or a parent telling a teacher, of, you got to look out for these two kids because they don't really like each other now. You have to be your own best advocate for your kid because sometimes, you know, teachers are taking care of 30 different kids sometimes. And it's tough for your kid to get the awareness that and the eyes on them that maybe they need sometimes. And yeah, it's not the teacher's fault. They're overworked and underpaid too. So it's, mm-hmm. it's the system and, you know, we have to kind of do our part too to help take care of our kids. So, right, they do have a different way of growing up and we've broken the cycle and I'm personally curious to see, maybe you are too, of what that looks like for the next generation when our kids will have grandkids maybe someday. Yeah. Well, that being said, yes, I will not take up any more of your time and uh, let you uh, get some sleep so you can be up at 0500, if I said that right. (laughs) That'll be six probably, but yeah. Oh, six. My early, early days are hopefully behind me, at least for now. That's good. But I appreciate your time and I appreciate your knowledge and experience that you have shared here tonight. And uh, I think it will be a great resource for a lot of people in general, but I think the military too. I think what you were able to say tonight about your own personal story in life helps break that stigma, helps kind of create that support and yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. Thanks for having me, Mike. All right. It's therapy just speaking. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank everyone for subscribing to Dead Anil and on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, Spotify, and on many others. I want you to be able to go to deadanneal.com, D-A-D-E-N-N-I-A-L.com, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'll be trying to put up at least one weekly blog kind of idea for a lion or something that's going on this week or a post that you people put out there on Facebook. Nice post, please. On LinkedIn, things like that to, to let me know how this is helping or things that are on your mind or questions or thoughts that I can bring up on the show. I'd love to hear them. I'd love to know what your feedback is. I hope to be continuing more and more of these. I know Dad O'Neill can be in your neighborhood too. So let's all work together. Let's show our support. Let's show how much we are all lions and all ones as Dad O'Neill's today. Thank you.